What's up, what's up with it? It's your boy Brain, another installment of the Behind the Plates, a new segment we're doing here on the Plate Digger podcast where I interview artists, you know, get to know the inspiration behind their music and stuff like that. And today we're joined by Dare. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, dude. How are you? Pretty good. Just, uh, you know, another day, you know, <laughs> in the coronavirus uh, era. It's crazy, man. Everything uh, gone to shit, essentially. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, man. But you know what? I don't want to take up too much of your time, so we'll just hop into it. Just, just want to start off with, like, how did you uh, get into uh, production of, like, electronic music and stuff like that? Uh, the time span specifically for this is kind of long <laughs> or just over a long period of time. Um, when I was in high school, I was in an alternative band. That was my introduction to the creation of music. So I did that. It was interesting to say the least. <laughs> um, fast forward a few years, I started going to raves and stuff. I had gone to like a fair amount of festivals with my friends, and um, I saw Flume this one time actually, just at a like solo venue in my city. Um, we were kind of just in the crowd, just watching him perform, and I started to kind of like think how cool it would be to be on the stage as opposed to you know in the crowd um and i went and bought <laughs> i got a daw i bought my keyboard the next day and i started producing future bass which was like kind of inspired by flume at the time and it led me to where i am now <laughs> all right that's pretty cool man yeah i've seen you i've seen you perform before yeah it seems like you really you know you enjoy being up there. Yeah. <laughs> I need a, a little bit of liquid motivation sometimes to get me out of my bubble. But when I'm there, I definitely do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what's up, man. <laughs> and I guess, you know, in terms of, you know, your production and stuff, like who's your inspiration or like people you look up to um, when it comes to producing? Um, well, when I first started producing Dubstep, which was roughly like March of 2018, I think, or 2019 or something like that. Um, I became friends with Joof, um, Rigo, Marvels, and Zella pretty fast. Um, and I, I wasn't, I, I've been listening to like dubstep for a while, but it was never really my main, you know, choice of music that I would listen to recreationally. Um, but I'd hear these guys' songs and just how fucking advanced they were at a time when I had just started. Um, so I took a lot of inspiration from them. Besides that, uh, I have always been a big fan of Chibs. Chibs has like the craziest flow and sound design, and that's something I kind of strive for. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I absolutely love Chibs. Yeah, dude, he's he's crazy. Yeah, man. And uh, just, you know, for the audience, uh, what DAW do you like produce on? Uh, I'm in Ableton. I started in Logic because it was honestly the easiest thing to torrent. But yeah, I ended up in Ableton and I use um, a little bit of reason depending on what I'm trying to make. All right. Bet, bet, bet. So in terms of like your workflow, uh, what does that look like or what's like the process behind your workflow? Um, for every song I've made ever, um, regardless of the genre, I've always had to construct the drop first. That's been the, 
if I can if I can write the drop, then the rest kind of comes with it, you know. Like I I need something really catchy and something that actually feels like it's worth constructing a whole song out of. Um, so I start with the uh, the drop. I do the the drums, and then for whatever reason, I need a sub prior to making any sense, just because I like to feel the bass. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I write the drop. I'll usually uh, put down like a. I'll figure out which kind of tempo I want for the song. Like if I want a a good fucking like quarter note track, I'll try to find a sound that sounds good as a quarter note and let it go on for a while. And if it sounds good like that, then I continue with the track and I'll add the little variations and accents in the drop. And lastly, I do the intro. <laughs> That's crazy because, like, in terms of your tracks, like, your intros and breakdowns are very fleshed out, you know? <laughs> a lot of, like, I really like the instrumentation and, like, the percussive, like, elements to it. Like, like oh, snap, it sounds like, a, you, know, a tra- you know, a trap intro to it and then it goes into yeah. the drop. And just, yeah, it's very, uh, it's just interesting hearing, you know, saying that you start with the drop first because it seems like <laughs> you put a lot of time in the intro and then, yeah. you know. Well, I don't know. The, the crazy thing is, is that, like, it's a lot easier for me to write like a pretty good melody than it is to find a really good flow or make, you know, have some really catchy sound design in the drop. So once I conquer that biggest challenge for me personally, the rest kind of just flows. If it comes together pretty easily after that. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. Um, you might've mentioned it a little bit already, but like who are your uh, ride and die homies in the scene? Oh God, let's see. <laughs> I, oh, I, over over this time, I made like a ton of really like really good genuine friends. It's kind of crazy, actually. But um, the first people to come to mind, you know, if I forget any, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but right now, everyone in No Cure, my uh, my crew with Coley, Hole, Octane, and Crippling, those are like my number ones and the scene and just you know general friends right now those are my my closest friends um fate tim me and tim have been talking for a little bit we had our we had our collab on interval and we've just kind of talked ever since um that was kind of crazy to me because he was also one of the reasons i started making dubstep (laughs) oh dude nice uh stains uh the people i mentioned before like rigo and marvels juf zella god like a whole bunch of other people (laughs) it'd be kind of a long list to be honest so if i didn't mention anyone it doesn't mean anything i still love all of them (laughs) yeah he loves you all you know he's he you know he he has you know you're a special place in his heart it's all good (laughs) of course (laughs) um and then you already mentioned them but how did you like get in contact with the the people in the no cure crew like how'd that start um that started because i was friends with coley we had our collab the psycho on full flesh and after that we had just started talking a ton um and he messaged me one day and he was like i'm starting a crew like do you want to join and generally i kind of tried to hold off from clue or fucking crews and collectives I kind of like to, you know, stay in my own lane and do my own thing. Yeah. He was like, I'm starting it with myself, Hole, 
um, Octane and Crippling. And I didn't know who Octane and Crippling were at the time. So I looked them up and I was like, what? And what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, they had like under a thousand followers, but I listened to these songs and I was like, I was just blown away. So I was like, yeah, okay, let's give this a shot. And since then, so technically, Coley created No Cure. Um, as things have progressed, I've, because I, I enjoy marketing, I've kind of like tried my best to lead No Cure in a certain sense um, in regard to mark, well, kind of marketing, you know, branding, just kind of like grouping everyone as a whole and planning future moves. So, yeah, we just had Octane's first release on No Cure. It's doing pretty well. The The showcase, like, it's got so many messages about that. And people were just asking everything about No Cure. It's really crazy. I don't know. We are, our whole thing is, like, we're not trying to be a business. We're not trying to, uh, some people have tweeted, you know, like, No Cure versus Sinister Six, <laughs> which we've all rejected. It's not like that kind of thing. We're just five I think five, yeah, five or something. It's five people that are just making music and kind of, you know, gathering under one name, which has been really fun. Yeah, no, I was crazy seeing like how much like it, yeah, y'all have grown, and I mean, I've had Octane like on the podcast, and yeah, his production is nuts. Like, yeah, every right. every every one of y'all is heavy hitters, you know, in the yeah. crew, which is super dope, and yeah, like. I mean, I know they're trying to, like, you know, create this narrative. It's like y'all versus, you know, Sinister Six and all that. But, I mean, from what I see, these are just you know, two super dope crews that put out really good music, you know? Yeah, no, everyone, it's, we're just making music. Yeah, I, I guess, I don't know, it could have been a weird thing to put into this podcast, but, like, I just wanted to establish that there's no, it's no cure crew because that's just what we decided, but it's, you know, there will never be something along the lines of like a crew battle or something like that. And I didn't want to label it as a crew for that reason. Yeah, I got you. It's just one hub for all of us to like express creativity, which does seem to go really well so far. Nice. And, and y'all are all from like different parts of, of the world, if I'm correct, you know? Like... Yeah, dude. Coley and Coley and Hull are in France um me and octane are in the u.s i think octane lives in like like dc or like virginia or something and then crippling lives in russia <laughs> and crippling is like he's like 15 years old i think wow so if we were to have a nokia takeover it would have to be a little bit in the future <laughs> yeah no for sure <laughs> and is there any sort of like language barriers or like does everyone speak english or how's that work um there's little to none in terms of language barrier. Like, you know, there's like, God, sorry. I'm fucking crushing the White Claws right now. No, you're good, man. <laughs> what flavor What flavor are we drinking? Currently, Black Cherry, my personal favorite. Word. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, no, we, we all communicate as we need to. We all understand what each other is saying. I I think like, you know, considering how long I've been talking to Coley, like, despite him being from France, there's still no, there's no barrier, really. He'll say some funny-ass shit sometimes, but I still understand exactly what he's saying, so. 
There's no yeah, worries. No, there. I understand. Yeah, the, the French, <laughs> French people, yeah, they're, they're, they got a funny sense of humor. Yeah, I've I've gotten roasted in in French in the group chat, and you know I don't know what it means, but I know something's going on. Like Google, but like Trans- hey, wait a minute, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, so out of your whole discography, like which one of your tracks like has been your favorite to produce, and why? weirdly enough my favorite song is also the listener's favorite most likely um warp i i don't know i I, that song has a very special place in my heart i uh i think i'd have to look at like the songs i've actually released but i believe that was the first song where i had made like a pretty melodic intro and I I've been making like melodic stuff significantly longer than I've been making dubstep. That was just the first time that it occurred to me that it would be okay if I fucking merged the two. So, you know, I love the intro. That was like the debut of me kind of showing that I can actually do something other than rhythm. And then just the sound design and the general like flow and the drop I was really proud of. It was one of those things where like I was I was at my cabin actually with my with my family. I was just fucking around in Ableton and I made that initial sound. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And it just it kind of like wrapped itself up from there. I made the whole song in a night, minus the mix the mixing and all of that. But yeah, by far Warp is my favorite song. There's a few others that have a that are in a close second place. But I would say Warp is my favorite solo song. Yeah, if I remember correctly, you dropped the VIP at uh, Grindfest, right? Yeah, yeah, oh I God, did. That thing went off, bro. I was like, man, I was like I was up front during your set the whole entire time. <laughs> Dude, I heard people. I mean, you know, sing along as much like sing along with the fucking sense I'm well. More or less, you know, because it was a VIP, but people knew it was coming, and that was crazy. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I, like, I was like, oh, I recognize the melody. Like, oh, shit, he's going to be yeah. able to go in. <laughs> Honestly, before I ever release the VIP, it'll probably be changed like 30 times. But, yeah, it needs another debut. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, this might be, like, a straight obvious question, but what's the origin behind, like, your uh, your you're an alias uh, dare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I'm I'm glad you say it right because there's actually been like speculation behind how it's pronounced, which I understand. Uh, my old tag prior to the it's dare dubs bitch tag, it was just like this text to speech thing that said D-V-R-E. Yeah. So people thought that was my name, which is understandable. Some people thought my name was Deer, like D-U-R-E. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been asked that like a decent amount of times. Um, but my name is Darian and my my nickname when I was a kid was Dare. So I initially my name was spelled D-A-R-E. Um, but on SoundCloud, I was like at the very bottom of the search. And considering that there's that like fucking like anti-drug thing, I was afraid that I would run into like 
trademark or copyright issues. Get hit with that cease and desist. Yeah, dude, that would be fucked. There's also another DJ named Dare. I think he lives in LA or something. So I ended up changing it. And that seemed like when things took off for whatever reason. <laughs> so yeah, my name is Darian. My alias is Dare. I can't get that much more uncreative. <laughs> uh, it's all that's all good, dude. Like brain literally came from me switching two letters in my name, Brian. <laughs> Boom. Whatever. DJ alias. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. that's one of the hardest things, dude. The alias. It's what you'll be known as for as long as you're doing this shit. So it's kind of hard. For sure, for sure. We're, we're, we're drinking another black cherry or are we switching the flavor up this time? No, still black cherry. I just grabbed whatever out of the fridge, though. Nice. You're just <laughs> like, all right, we're drinking this. That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess in terms of like the future, are there any sort of uh, dream collabs you're aiming for or would, would like? Um. You know, one of my one of my dream collabs actually started to happen. I posted this clip on Twitter of like, you know, some whip I had made the night before. Hit a roadblock with it, so I tweeted it and I was like, who who should I collab with? Like who would who would sound good on this? And Yaks replied and he was like me. So I was like, Oh, like what the fuck? <laughs> That's not what I was expecting at all. So I sent him the stems. Um I'm waiting to hear back, so we'll see. Um but other than that, outside of that specific situation, I would say I would love to collab with Ominous. Like that would be crazy. Bro, Ominous. Yes. I played a show with them. And like I I've played like a fair amount of shows with like headliners that I most definitely respected. But when he played in Seattle and I opened up for him, I <laughs> right when he played, I was in the crowd just and that's not something i like you know on like i've got i've got my fair amount of like social anxiety and just generally i'm not a huge fan of being in a being in a big crowd when i'm not inebriated (laughs) so you know i was sober just singing along to songs and that was awesome um but yeah ominous fucking Considering my tendencies um, to really lean towards melodic aspects in my songs, I would love to collab with people like Ace Aura. Oh, I, I know him. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, no, dude. I think what he does is fucking crazy. Like, that's totally like a direction I would want to take in a sense. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, Eric's a really cool dude. Very nice. Yeah, you should. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you just hit him up, be like, hey, what? I mean, I'm pretty sure he'd be down to work with yeah. you for sure. I'd have to be a little more confident in how fast I can actually finish the track. It's been kind of rough lately. <laughs> I mean, it's it's understandable, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, the whole coronavirus has definitely, like, affected all of us for sure. Yeah, dude, it's hurt my fucking morale a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, I don't know. I miss going out to shows. I miss hanging out with friends. Like, I kind of yeah. came to a realization yeah recently like that's really the only time i ever see people outside yeah. of like work you know yeah it's, yeah no same for you and me both like music is music well it was i mean i guess it currently is but it was my job so like yeah no shows means i'm not seeing you know a whole lot of people that i 
planned too. It's rough. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, like at least for me personally, I've been trying to use the time to like actually learn how to produce. Of course. And get yeah. good at it, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like the perfect time to, but also, you know, like I draw inspiration from shows that I play. Like every time I play a show, I come back and I make my like best song ever because I see all those people that actually, you know, they like what I do and it's crazy to me. But being stuck at home, like you'd think with so much free time that you'd be able to just zero zero in on it and really, you know, like kill shit and <laughs> that has not proven true for me personally it's been pretty fucking rough i lack a ton of inspiration <laughs> yeah i get you but i mean you did get you know, you did do that one live stream and i mean has anyone like any companies hit you up like about live streaming for them or stuff like that oh yeah yeah no i've had a few i've actually rejected some i don't know i i like the idea of live streaming on my own twitch at my own time um, I I did a stream for Last Life, which was super fun. My fucking, oh hell yeah, they're my, pretty cool label. Yeah, no, like Aonix and Sora, a bunch of my other friends played on that stream as well. Uh, my video didn't work on my specific stream for whatever reason, but like, yeah, no, I like live streams and I like the concept of streaming, and I'll probably continue to do that no matter what. But nothing nothing matches the energy that you feel like at a real venue with these people you know right up on the rail and just singing along to warp <laughs> i just want to feel that again yeah man uh, i remember during your set you dropped a flexing by senry and uh flax Oof. and i was like i was like bro he has this track so dope that is my favorite plate i've paid for two two songs in my entire career because that's that's not really my thing like i i've never really felt like dropping money on plates to play but i heard that and i was like no way i was fucking entranced with that song i i mean if you listen to my songs i'm a really big fan of sustained sense contrary to what in fact says on his twitter and stuff i think they're so they're so nice and <laughs> yeah i heard that and i I play it in almost every set I play. It's a good song. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm just, I don't know. 21 Savage gets me hype, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. Everything about that song is solid. <laughs> um, So I know you are, you've already played a Grindfest here in Dallas. Uh, yep. Was there anything special about your writer for that show? <laughs> <laughs> bro, my writer is the same for every show. It's just white claws and a cheese pizza. I need the food to keep my stomach kind of full, and then the white claws to finish the night off. <laughs> that's that's solid, shoot. <laughs> yeah, no. I if I have a twelve pack of white claws and a pizza, I'm more or less I'm set for most of the night. In the event that you know people buy me drinks, I may spend my night in the hotel in the bathroom, but it's all good. <laughs> it's relatively cheap i guess so nice so like where all have you like played like tour wise um let me think i played in la twice la was my first out-of-state show i played two shows for underground i had one 
where Martz and 100 Hertz and I think someone else were headlining. Nice. Um, that was the first booking I ever got out of state and I was fucking hyped. And then I came back to LA a few months ago um, for my headline. Still for Underground. Um, I've played in Eugene, Oregon. I've played in Houston, Texas, and then Dallas, Texas for Grindfest. Um, and then I played in, I played in Tampa, Florida. That was like right before quarantine or honestly, it was like a little bit into when coronavirus had been outed, you know, but I was booked and I went I was scared out of my mind. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But more or less, I, I think that pretty much covers out of state bookings that I've had. Other than that, I've had a few in Seattle with my old manager slash promoter played a few there. Which is kind of what got me started, so that was cool. That's what's up. And like, how do you feel about the crowd in Dallas that particular night, dude? That might have been. God, I don't know the numbers, like relevant to that night, but I think that was a one of the biggest, if not the biggest, crowd I've played in front of, and. Besides, you know, the numbers only matter so much because I like playing either way. But the way they were, like, interactive with me during my set, that that was crazy. There were people, <laughs> I was, like, I was damn near talking to people that were, like, on the rail. I don't know. It, it was awesome. There was such a, like, genuine connection that night. It was really fun. I got to meet fucking Heckler and Somnium Sound. Somnium Sound... I love both of them, but like Somnium Sound has, he has a lot of variation. He has a lot of like melodic aspects in his music. So I, I was crazy hyped to meet him. It was awesome. Nice. That's what's up. I know for a fact that night, Seven was up against the rail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zapato. Um, yeah, he was there too. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Vexed or. Uh, fuck i forgot what his old alias was he like changed it kind of recently but yeah like the guys from sweeties i've known them for like a few years they, yeah that's um, crazy a good amount of them were there it was fucking sick i gotta meet these people like you know these people i've been friends with for years for the first time i gotta meet some of my fucking idols there's a lot i liked about that show they booked me some nice house hotels <laughs> it, it was sick yeah, that's what's up, man. And I, if I recall correctly, you flipped us off quite a few uh, times during that show. Oh, God, dude. Is that something you just like to do? I, You know what? I guess so. I, I cannot account for the way I act on stage because, you know, I'd have a fucking panic attack giving a presentation in high school. But, like, I get up there and, yeah, I guess I flip off the crowd. You know, I love them, but still, I'm just fucking, I'm going to put out my middle finger. It's kind of like, you know, like people's whole, like, you know, gun fingers thing, but I just like to flip them off. It just shows, it shows the energy of my set. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand, dude. You're hype. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just a curiosity thing. Honestly, I was like, wow, he really likes doing that. <laughs> now, I don't know. Almost every goddamn picture I saw from that night, I had my finger up. I was like, oh, man. Like I'm not people dick. think I'm not a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I digress. Um, <laughs> uh, besides the music production, uh, do you have any other hobbies or interests you're in too? Yeah, um, I'm really, I mean, you know, I'm not crazily skilled in it, but I really like video editing prior to music. I was into like cinematography and making these little like um, these chill cinematic videos with uh, with some nice music behind them. I still do it now. I make all my promo videos, despite how unofficial they may look. I'll probably do it forever because I really enjoy the art of using a video program and finding all these cool transitions and audio synced options. I do that. Um, I'm actually a marketing major, so I genuinely enjoy marketing myself. It's been a thing since I was like a kid. So I would say those are my top two, like video editing and just marketing as a whole. I I like to do that kind of outside of music. And uh, those, uh, I guess your visuals during your show, is that stuff you make or is that someone, uh, someone else that does that? Yeah, it's, it's stuff I make. Okay, let's see. I'm trying to remember back to that night. Uh, I think one of the visuals was kind of like, it looked like a globe. Yeah, like to me, yeah, right it looked like the, a, the select screen from like Marvel vs. Capcom 2. <laughs> yeah, no. It was the night before I left, actually, that I made those. They were like, we need visuals. I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot. I put those together. It's kind of gratifying, honestly. I, I, I like doing the visual stuff myself. It also saves me money, so that's nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that money aspects. Uh, I've been trying to up my Photoshop game lately. Um, I'll send you the artwork for the episode, and I mean, we'll see what you think of it, you know, but I'm sure I'll like your, your, your boy whipped it up. It was me. I did it. That's the best, <laughs> dude. Good or not, you know, you did it yourself. I think that's a fun thing to conquer. For sure, man. Um, I guess in terms of the future, like, is there any place you want to travel to uh, for a future show or performance? Um, one place I actually haven't performed yet was San Francisco. I have like so not outside the music completely. I have so many good memories in San Francisco. I would fucking I'd love to play a show there and then stay like a few days to just hang out. The like the Golden Gate Bridge and fucking. I don't know that that whole city or whatever it is. I love that place. Um, outside of that, I totally love to go to fucking Belgium. My friend uh, Envy, we've been making some jump up collabs together. He played there. He sent me videos of just the fucking pure energy in the venues, and that became one of my top three to travel to. <laughs> that that place looks crazy, you know shows get really crazy here like obviously but i uh fuck don't i don't know don't quote me on this but i i think belgium is like somewhere in europe or something wherever it is it looks really crazy i would definitely want to play there and new yeah. york that'd be cool nice yeah i had a friend travel to uh belgium like right when the coronavirus started <laughs> and she barely managed to make it back to the states before like all the flights you know Got Jesus. canceled yeah. and stuff, so yeah. That's some scary shit. That is, yeah. She's supposed to go for, I think, was it Rampage? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then all this happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy. 
and then you already kind of touched on it, but like any other place that you like travel to for like fun? Um, honestly, I haven't traveled that much since I was a kid. <laughs> Places I travel to for fun, I totally go to France. Yeah, no, I should have said that before too. France, so I could hang out with Coley and Hole, and you know, a lot of fucking EDM seemed to stem from France, so that would be sick. Other nice. than that, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to go everywhere. It's kind of a hard question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just I like to pick people's brains. You know, it's all ah, I'm like that wasn't that wasn't intentional. That. <laughs> that was just a random punchline uh, it was good so promo. it's good for the promo hell yeah uh what's a mistake that you see like a lot of upcoming producers make and what advice would you give to people um starting in this uh scene oh that's a good one well the only real uh, i draw conclusions from what i've experienced personally uh, i mean i as i guess most people do but one thing, so whatever I've regretted as dare is also something I would recommend other new producers not do, you know? Um, pretty much the first dubstep track I ever finished, I put out and then I started marketing as dare. With a, and understandably so, because I was crazy excited. I had been, you know, trying to make this rhythm oriented music and I made something that I liked and it was awesome. And I had Al Ross master it. <laughs> Like all that stuff. But in the following months, I realized that like I had started, I had started, not started producing, but I had started marketing myself way too early. Like I, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was still using presets, which is okay, but I was relying on them, which was the problem to me personally. I was trying to kind of portray this artist that knew more than I really did at the time. So I would recommend the new artists take their time to really learn the craft prior to, you know, trying to boost their name out there. Um, I, I wrote these down in my notes because I thought this was a good point, but two of the points I wanted to make were, um, fake marketing which essentially you know you look down your timeline you kind of analyze the scene and what they're liking and you market exactly to that which i think is the total total wrong move because you're essentially following the trends that they're setting or that other artists are setting setting and along the way and this is what i did initially as dare like you get so misguided as to what you want your purpose to be as an artist. And you start, you know, you start making, you start acting the way that you think people will like. And that just results in this fucking like total roadblock, both in your career and your production. And you're like, you know, you get so focused on what people will like. You want people to like you. That's an important thing. But you end up being not yourself. You're making music that you might not really be wanting to make. And and I feel like a lot of artists, that, that that's the end of their career. Like, you know, they went so long down this road where they were trying to fit this idea of who they should be. And then they lose the passion and they lose, you know, 
they lose the opportunity to show who they really are. So that's it's more along the lines of marketing. But the last thing I guess I want to add to that is like there's a lot of beauty and simplicity. I see a lot of new producers kind of like <laughs> the biggest thing I've noticed is that like variation is key, I guess, you know, you want, you don't want the whole drop to sound the same. You don't want the second drop to sound the same as the first. And people really abuse the fucking LFO automations. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, they're like, fuck, I need to make this difference. So I'm going to change it from a quarter note to an eighth note, which, which can be cool totally. But like, you know, if you can keep the same flow, but it sounds different, that's variation. It sounds cool. And yeah, I don't know. Overall, make whatever the fuck you want. Dubstep fucking house. It doesn't matter. Make what you want. Make what you think sounds good. And like the numbers will come. Don't don't adhere to what you see trending because that just results in a whole lot of fucking mental stress and a lot of mental problems. <laughs> uh, that's very sound advice, dude. Uh, not really. I, that's yeah, that's dope, dude. Thank you for imparting your wisdom. Yeah, it happened to me. I don't want it. To, <laughs> I would try my best to stop other people from having to fucking deal with the same confusing process. For sure, man. And I guess uh, just to wrap things up, do you have any news or announcements you want to include in this interview? Yeah, um, I've been talking to this promoter. I may be debuting in Canada. Uh, I think it was like Montreal for the first time after oh, after COVID. Fucking whenever that is. But, it you know, we've been talking about it. It seems more or less pretty set. I've got collabs with Deuces, um, another collab with Fate, collab with Juf, Coley, uh, the seemingly much-awaited collab with Quiver coming out soon, and then like oh, a sorry. collab EP with Rigo. Um, yeah, I don't know, and there's probably even more than that, but I'm I'm pretty fucking bad at like getting back to people about collabs. Um, and even most excitedly, um, I have my side project. Um, a like melodic kind of future bassy, I don't know, whatever fucking wave, um, side project named Maroc. Um, I'm gonna post an EP soon under that name. And also I have a jump upside project that I've been working on. Um, me and Envy made a, an Uzi bootleg <laughs> All right. so uzi drum and bass yeah so two different side projects coming out soon collabs hopefully shows when this is all over and that's kind of what i'm hoping for and betting on right now very nice very nice and i see that you're doing uh lessons yeah yeah no I, that was my source of income. It wasn't really shows like selling plates, selling preset packs, um, Ableton effects racks. Yeah. And lessons. I have like seven hours of lessons tomorrow. So <laughs> that'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, let me know how those go. I'm, 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 I'm slightly interested. Hell yeah, dude. doesn't sure. matter what the die is. You know, the concept is all the same no matter what. So I offer what I know. 
All but right, I, but... I can't take lessons from people who know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. I'm not no, trust me, bro. I have plenty to learn. Um, and then I guess, I mean, this is totally up to you, but is there any particular track you want to outro this interview with or? Um, fuck. Cap. The song I put out like last month. I love that song. The intro, the drop. I like it a lot. I made the Simpson Maelstrom. That was the, uh, or Maelstrom, I don't know. That was the first time I'd used a different synth and serum. That would be the perfect song to outro this with. Good ass.